Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Bryce Harper finally has a team. We have MVP Cy Young odds and an extended chat with the state rep that is working on the sports betting bill for Illinois. Thanks for listening to Early Odds every single Saturday on 670 The Score and, of course, the Radio.com app. Make sure you get that Radio.com app. That's the best way to listen to The Score anytime. First, the Bryce Harper fallout. So what happened? What changed as far as the Phillies' odds? Now, the Superbook in Vegas... They anticipated this move on Sunday. They moved everything with Philadelphia because they knew he was going to the Phillies. So they moved the World Series number from 14 to 1 to 12 to 1. The Cubs also 12 to 1. The NL pennant 7 to 1 down to 6 to 1. The Cubs also 6 to 1. And the Phillies win total jumped up 3 wins from 86 and a half to 89 and a half. The Cubs sitting at 89. If you recall our conversation we could go with Randy Blum over at the Superbook. They're telling us the Cubs and Phillies, both major markets, have superstar power. They're about even teams. The win total is separated by a half a win, and that might change before we get to opening day. Now, it was great to see the MVP and Cy Young odds posted as well. Let's go through the NL MVP. Your favorite, Bryce Harper, 6-1, to Arenado, 7-1, Goldschmidt, 10-1. to and on the Cubs roster, Chris Bryant, 12 to 1, Anthony Rizzo, 20 to 1, Javi Baez, 25 to 1, and Kyle Schwarbert, a long shot at 80 to 1. Just want to give some quick reactions, some names that really popped out to me. I went right to Juan Soto, and you get some value there at 40 to 1. I'm still leaning at the Nationals winning the NL East uh, behind that pitching, and I don't think they're going to miss a beat without Bryce Harper on this team. As a rookie, Juan Soto, 19 years old, his on-base percentage was 406. 
Zips has his projections at 36 homers, 112 RBI, almost 100 walks, an OPS of nearly 1,000. Juan Soto at 40-1. to Absolutely love that value. AL MVP, of course, your favorite, Mike Trout, 3-1. to Mookie Betts, last year's MVP at 4-1. to Aaron Judge at 10-1. to On the Sox roster, Abreu, 30-1. to I don't think he deserves to be in this class with Chris Davis and George Springer, but okay. Aloy Jimenez, 80-1, to right there with Vlad Guerrero Jr. Johan Moncada, a super long shot at 200-1. to I did call Betts last year at 25-1 to on hit and run, but I don't love anybody. Maybe take a shot at Bregman at 12-1, to but honestly, I wish those odds were a little juicier. NL Cy Young, DeGrom's your guy last year. Here's the top three that really seem to separate themselves. Max Scherzer, 5-2. Jacob DeGrom, 7-2. And Aaron Nola, the Phillies ace, at 7-1. Now the Cubs, there's value with all of those players. Lester, 40-1. Hendricks and Quintana at 50-1. Hamels, 60-1. And Darvish is 100-1. Look where they put Darvish. Next to names like Joe Musgrove, Sonny Gray, Nick Pavetta, Zach Godley, Tyler Anderson, Yoli Shasin. But the name that pops to me is a name we talked about last week where the sharp money is going on most wins in the National League. Walker Bueller at 20 to 1. You can see the passing of the Dodgers torch from Kershaw to Bueller. I don't expect an innings limit, but last season when he was on a 137 innings limit, a 262 ERA, a 304 FIP, a high strikeout rate. So Walker Bueller, a nice play at 20 to 1. AL Cy Young, Blake Snell gets it last year. He's probably not going to do it again. I don't know why Kluber, on the downside of his career, is 7 to 2 the favorite. Kluber has lower odds than Chris Sale at 4 to 1. Insane. Luis Severino, 7 to 1. Uh, the White Sox not getting any respect here. Ronaldo Lopez and Carlos Rodon, both 100 to 1, 200 to 1 range. Lucas Giolito, Ivan Nova, and Irvin Santana. So I mentioned Kluber at the top at 7 to 2. How about his teammate, someone else in the Indians rotation? He had a 2-2-1 ERA a year ago. He had a 31% strikeout rate. Give me another Indian. Give me Trevor Bauer. Even though I'm a little concerned about people voting for him because. We know the kind of guy that Trevor Bauer is. But I think it's worth a shot to take Trevor Bauer at 20 to 1. Again, just first reactions. I like Soto at 40 to 1 for NL MVP, Bueller 20 to 1, NL Cy Young, and Bauer 20 to 1 at AL Cy Young. Now let's talk about getting sports betting legalized. State rep from the 23rd district, his name Mike Zalewski. He's on Twitter at MJ. Zalewski, and uh, you'll see him tweet about the Sox from time to time. Let's go back to earlier last year. PASPA's overturned. We have eight states with legalized sports betting. News comes out today that for the first time, another state profited more in sports betting than Nevada. New Jersey profited $18.8 million in January. Nevada profited $14.6 million. For everyone that wants to see this happen in the state of Illinois, the momentum is there, very positive, but a question that comes up again and again, well, it happened nine months ago in New Jersey. Why aren't we closer in Illinois? I think we took a big step on um, a week ago Wednesday when Governor Pritzker made it part of his fiscal year 20 budget. Historically, gaming bills have just been hard in Illinois. We have sort of a disparate uh, mix of gaming options. We have casinos, bricks-and-mortar casinos. We have the racetracks. We have the OTBs. 
We have VGTs, which are, for lack of a better word, video poker terminals. And those stakeholders traditionally have struggled to come to the General Assembly with a unified front to ask for things. And when they climb all over each other to try to push the other one down while they go up to get what they want, it prevents real progress from happening. With sports betting, that has a chance to change. It, it, has, it really has a chance to inject some chaos into the marketplace, into the legislative process, force everyone sort of to hone in on what they really want out of it. And I think as a result, we have a decent chance to pass a bill. Even though Governor Pritzker went on record this past Wednesday and was alarming to many people, but uh, you knew this was going down. I figured once he was elected, because he also said it in the past, but not as many people noticed that he wants sports betting. Uh, What has the last week and a half been like for you? It's been busy. Um, I think people are generally excited, both legislatively and and sports-wise, to see what we're going to do. But this is going to be really hard. I don't think it's going to be hard from the sense of, you know, are people for sports betting or against it? I think on the whole, my colleagues and and the citizenry of Illinois either really wants it or is agnostic and doesn't care one way or the other. I don't think anyone's adamantly opposed to sports betting. That being said, it's a complicated bill and it's a complicated policy area. It's going to take a lot of people pulling on the same rope. So we're going to keep our eyes on the prize and we're going to try to produce some good legislation that's safe, transparent, um, lucrative for the state, but ultimately get people what they want, which is to be able to do this legally and out of the black market. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's another sports betting bill out there from Senator Napoleon Harris, uh, the former Northwestern and Raiders football player, and that's been out there for quite some time. Does that have any chance? So Napoleon's bill, I think, is reflective of what the leagues want. Um, the teams themselves, as, as you well know and others know, that followed this. The leagues are very interested in getting a piece of the pie, for lack of a better way of saying it. His bill has what is referred to commonly as a royalty fee or an integrity fee. What we're going to file in the House is a few different options. I don't. I really want us to be able to examine every single method of doing this before we settle on one. I think that's shared by Representative Rita, who works on this, and my colleagues. And so we're going to file a bunch of things, um, and we're going to try to work through what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, what draws the most opposition, what draws the least opposition, um, and and go from there. But the leagues are going to be involved, and, and they're going to want to stay a place at the table, but they're just one option among many. So let's talk about uh, what's happened with these other states that have legalized sports betting. Governor Pritzker said we're counting on this $200 million in license fees, $10 million of license, 20 online licenses that are available. In these other states, have these licenses sold immediately? New Jersey did a very nice job of getting online quickly. They did a nice job of marrying mobile platforms with bricks and mortar platforms and sort of forcing um, their gaming board to do things very, very quickly. Pennsylvania's had the opposite approach. They charged a large upfront licensure fee. They punted everything to the regulatory agency that uh, vets candidates and licensees. And they still, I think, they're talking, I saw a piece of published report that it's going to take until June before they can get a legal bet placed. That's not what we want. We don't want Pennsylvania's model for a variety of reasons, um, but mostly because it's taking so long. We're going to study other options. Delaware is a different state than Illinois, but Delaware has a master concessionaire approach. They they have one 
system. Um, it's almost like a lottery, and they let people come in and play that way. That um, might hit people's guts initially wrong. They may be a little cautious about that, but we would be remiss if we didn't look at every single state and, and see what's worked and what hasn't. And that includes places like Delaware, places like Pennsylvania, and, and places like New Jersey. And, and I know in Mississippi, yeah, they have it, but you can only bet on sports in the actual casinos. I can't believe going down this road and not having it available online or mobile on your phones at all. Any other mistakes that you've learned from other states in this process? Um, I think we would be wrong if we didn't include a mobile platform. Um, I think that uh, it would be short-sighted given the state of a modern economy and the way people entertain these games. We're going to look at what New Jersey did. New Jersey, again, is a, is a good example. They kept their tax rates relatively low as opposed to Pennsylvania's. Um, Illinois is a bigger state than New, Jer- than New Jersey, so I don't know if we can be exactly like that. But I think by keeping the tax rates low, they encourage operators to apply, and they're getting a really good, sophisticated marketplace. So, you know, those are things that I'm interested in and in trying to make sure that we get the best product to the people. You've got early odds on 670 The Score. I'm Joe Ostrowski along with State Rep Mike Zalewski. He's putting together the sports betting bill for the state of Illinois. So let's talk timeline. Uh, I'm sure you've only been asked this a million times the last week and a half. I know the goal is late May. So let's say this happens late May. The governor approves a bill. What happens then? So if the governor, the, the minute the governor's ink were to hit a bill, I think we'd want to write it in such a way that we would give the gaming board the opportunity to start vetting licenses. That takes a while. Um, gambling is something we take very seriously in the state in terms of making sure that uh, people have the right capital, have the right background checks. So we would really want this done right. And, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on us to try to get something on, up and running by football season. I'd like to be able to say that's possible, but as a lawmaker, I, I'm, I'm realistic, and I think that the first of the year is, is something that um, people, most people are going to point to. So think about that range because I think that's the most realistic range. Um, if it lags beyond the first of the year, if, we're, if you and I are having this conversation at this time in March of next year, I'd be really disappointed. I, I'd be bummed out because we had missed the entirety of football season. We'd have missed the Super Bowl, and we'd be – coming up on March Madness. So that's the best answer I can give you is we, we should not be having this conversation next year at this time. The newly appointed governor is throwing out figures like $200 million right away off the licenses, 77 to $136 million per year. That's got to feel like a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> uh, I, um, you know, what's interesting is the governor's, the governor's been very clear that um, – he, he set a, what I thought was a reasonable marker down. You know, this is the amount of licenses I'd like at the rate at which I'd like them. But he's been very clear he wants to work on the, he wants the legislature to, to help him on this. He, he wants to not be uh, imposed his will on us. He wants us to work collaboratively with them. So he has to produce a budget every year. It's in the Constitution. So he's the first guy that has to put pen to paper. I think there's a lot of flexibility in what he proposed, and, and we're going to work with his administration to get it right. Mike, most uh, listeners to this show, early odds every week, they're already betting. They're using yeah. offshore websites like I, I am. I don't believe you. I don't believe you, <laughs> I talk about it. I don't care. Uh, well, they use bookies. Some of them use what they call locals or bookies. I don't use bookies. But how do you sell it to them? What is the upside 
if it passes in the state of Illinois, to leave your bookie, to leave your offshore website, and bet here? You know, that's a good question. I think I, I'd be honest in saying that I think most of your listeners are pretty sophisticated bettors and, and follow these things very, very closely. And if they're listening to a show like Early Odds, you know, they're they're not in it for the casual. I'm going to bet the Bears every Sunday just because I love Mitch Trubisky. I, I don't think that that's who that that's who we're talking about. So we've got to open this platform up to the to the casual sports fan and, and see if uh, they can be interested. Um, I I don't know that we're in this to change people's patterns or habits. My sense is if we open um, an opportunity for people to do this with their recreational time, especially during football season. We'll see a good number of people doing it, and and you know it's just because they're football fans and they're interested in um, watching every single game on um, Directv or um, Sunday Ticket, or they're at a bar with their friends watching every single game. You know, we had fantasy for a very long time. This is going to be uh, just another way for people to make NFL Sundays sort of a quasi holiday in this country so i don't know that anyone's in this to change the habits of people that listen to shows like yours i think it's more you know creating a safe transparent marketplace where people casual sports fans who want to do this can and, and they know that their money will be protected and they'll get paid when they win yeah i think the that's the sell right there for those that use offshore websites you're not waiting on a check or you're not transferring bitcoin to get paid that uh, you can cash out right then and there but those that use bookies that get credit that would be more more of a challenge so the 20 percent tax it -hmm. proposed 20 percent tax we don't know if that's what it would be if something passes in late may but my question is where does that pop up because New Jersey has turned things around. They've done great of late, but in the beginning, it was a rough go. They were getting criticized all over the place because of some of the lines that they were posting. You never are going to make people happy with the amount of taxes they pay. It's true in income taxes. It's certainly true in the state and property taxes, um, sales taxes. So, and, and then gaming taxes, I think, very specifically and sort of very esoterically, We've heard a number of years now how we overtax of gaming interest. The flip side of that is whenever we're going to do this and we're, whenever we would have put a riverboat casino license on or whenever we open up VGT terminals, there's no shortage of people that are willing to put their money up to try to open these types of establishments. It's not like it's a deterrent to the market. So I, it's a balance. We don't want it to be where, again, it slows things down. But we also are going to be mindful of the fact that um, – the citizenry, and we have a lot of, we have a big budget shortfall in the state. We got to make sure that bills are paid. We got to make sure social services are funded, roads are paved. So um, it's going to be a balance. I've tried to say to people, don't get hung up on the tax rate too early. Let us get a big, good bill on the board first, and then we'll try to work on the, what the rates are. Um, so that's been uh, our approach thus far, and hopefully we'll keep it up. With State Rep Mike Zalewski, Joe Ostrowski here on The Score. Uh, 2011, the FBI shuts down Poker Stars, Full Tilt, a couple of other major websites. Anytime, I, I'm telling you, Mike, every single time I post some sort of a story about getting Illinois sports betting in Illinois, I get at least one response from somebody else. What about online poker? Will that be a part of this? Yeah, um, it's a great question. We have Rush Street Gaming in Illinois. It's a large, te- it's a large business. Um, it's owned by the principals of Rivers Casino. 
Here's what I would say about Igating. Um, it, it, that DOJ opinion, as, as sort of flimsy as it is and as, as difficult as it is to rationalize, it's going to be something we're going to get challenged with if we try to deliver an online poker product, either this year or down the line, because there's a bricks-and-mortar opposition to that idea that's got to get figured out first. It's, it's either got to come through Congress or it's got to come through whatever uh, means there are to try to work through that DOJ opinion. Um, that, there's plenty of people in the state that want to do online um, poker, and, uh, and we're certainly cognizant of that. I think that we're going to um, – it's going to be part of the broader conversation as we do this. But um, it, it's, it's a complicated topic because you're talking about putting servers in one state and having people all over the country play, and that's crossing interstate boundaries, and that makes people nervous. Um, sports betting, you don't – you know, it's almost the opposite. You know, I, I think we'd have to write the bill in a way that the servers would have to be in Illinois, and we would have to um, make sure that – there's enough geofencing to protect against an Indiana player trying to log into an Illinois site. Now it's different if you're physically in the state and or if you're not Indiana resident coming to Illinois to play. But if cross-purposing inter- interstate commerce gets very tricky for us regulatory-wise, it gets really tricky for us to pass a bill. So um, the governor really wants sports betting done this session, and I think that's where a lot of people's focus are. Focus is going to be at the moment, but anything can happen. Everything goes along swimmingly. We have sports betting by the, let's give it a little extra time, by the start of 2020. Another year from now, March Madness 2020, what does it look like? Do we have it at Arlington Park? Are there different shops set up? Are there places that just have it online? What are we going to see? I think it would be reflective of a, of a healthy marketplace of either or. You talk about opening new shops to do it. Um, I think we're all really mindful of, of an over-proliferation problem in this state in terms of doing it that way. I, I think the um, bricks-and-mortar um, traditional casino um, companies, horse tracks, probably would, would want to see us work toward their goals alongside whatever else we decide to do. Um, you're, you know, another thing to keep in mind is you're seeing a lot of these online companies pair up with uh, bricks-and-mortar companies. I think DraftKings hooked up with Caesars last week. The marketplace will take care of a lot of that. You know, I don't know that it'll be over-proliferated to the point where you're just going to be able to roll out of bed and walk down to the corner store and do it. But we do know that there has to be access to the content, access to the ability to do it, and we'll try our best to, to strike that balance, too. Your Sox were $50 million short on Machado. They didn't want to bid oh, on Bryce Harper. Is there going to be anything in the bill to get them some money? Uh, I, I, yeah, I was so <laughs> bummed when... Uh, Molly and Hall didn't want to talk to me about Machado because I had a, a lot of thoughts, Joe. Go ahead. Sure, the, the, floor, a lot of thoughts. the floor no, is no, yours, I, Mike. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, you might start I swearing. Yeah, I might. I'm disappointed. Um, I'm excited for baseball season generally. I've got a, uh, I've got two kids that are playing baseball this year, and they're very excited for spring to get here. So I'll tell you this. We were getting Machado jerseys if he came, and the day I had to explain that, we weren't getting uh, Machado jerseys. Immediately, the questions came of when we could get uh, Chris Bryant jerseys instead. And oh! So, it's hurtful. It's hurtful to me. So, that was hook. Machado was my hook to switch them over to being Sox fans. And I don't know if I can pull it off now. I try to tell people, I live in the South Burbs. I'm, I'm in Tinley Park. So, you think that's White Sox Nation. 
All the kids I see right. are wearing Brian and Rizzo jerseys. I'm telling you. 100% agree. It's, I have nine and seven and a, a four and a two. And, a two, and the nine and the seven-year-old have none, known nothing else, believe it or not, than the Cubs being a juggernaut. It's the Hawks generation of a couple of years ago where we have all these hockey leagues popping up because the Hawks got really popular really fast. I mean, you can lose a generation of fandom really quick around here, and, and you know that was a chance to turn it around, and it bummed me out, but it is what it is. Yep, and no question. Mike, I have a feeling that I'll be bugging you as we get closer and closer to the end of May. Joe, this is great. Have a good day, and uh, please call me, and I'm happy to give an update when I have one. There's state rep and Sox fan Mike Zalewski. Make sure you're subscribed to the Early Odds Podcast on the Radio.com app, iTunes, or your favorite platform. Next Saturday morning on Early Odds, oh, did March sneak up? College basketball conference tournaments break down the Big Ten tourney and some of the other major ones going on throughout the country. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel is coming up next right here on The Score. I'm Joe Ostrowski with you every Saturday morning, 8.30 a.m., early odds on The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.